Are you immersed in a sea of business advice and education, but not sure what to embark on first? Instead of adding to the ocean of information, we're here to help you navigate it like a pro. The Wayfinding Growth Podcast will help you take a deep dive into new actionable strategies, tools, and tactics to help you grow. So start charting a course for business growth as you explore a better way to grow further, faster, with your hosts, Remington Begg and George B. Thomas. So, Remington, A, this is kind of cool because we're recapping right after the show that we did with Tyler. So I don't want people to think that we actually did not change our clothes. Well, I mean, we didn't change our clothes. Well, we we didn't. (laughs) Because it's the same day. Anyway, we're going to recap the Tyler Anderson episode where we talked about user-generated content. I love that it took us very, very limited time to shorten that to UGC because (laughs) – because yeah. us as humans are that lazy that we can't say <laughs> user-generated content. We had to say UGC for a lot of the episodes. So um, yeah. what were your general thoughts? Like I, I love the beginning and diving in, but what were your thoughts about uh, the conversation that we started out with with Tyler? Yeah, so um, first time meeting Tyler. He seems like a really cool guy. He could – God, he could have shaved though. But I got to tell you, because even with I not know. shaving, he was still more handsome than me. Like, it, it was, it's just crazy. Like, you know, the fact that he worked for radio, I'm like, dude, you do not have a face for radio. So, what were you doing in radio? But anyway, <laughs> I digress. You go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think it's cool, like, coming out of a, a more traditional quote unquote, um, more traditional area of marketing and then coming into a new one. It's coming up on 10 years in business. So like, you know, he's been through the, the gamut, if you yep. will. Um, and I think some of the, some of the really cool things is there was this underlying theme whenever he talked about a UGC strategy, which we'll get into in a bit that actually started with offline. And, and it's one of those things that um, doesn't take much but is putting that CTA where the customers are. So I thought it was a very interesting, um, just a very interesting thought that a lot of times people think about user-generated content as the product, like as actually the results, but not actually the CTA to get it. Yeah, I love that. It's funny because for me, the beginning part, I loved when he was talking about the uh, historical employee that worked there. He mentioned the book Tour of Duty, and when we do the show notes, I'll find out who the author was because I don't know who the author was, but we'll get that in there. We'll link it up. Um, but it was funny because I wanted to joke, but I was like, hey, I don't always have to joke. I mean, most of the times I do anyway, but like he said, yeah, I paid her $25,000 and I thought tour of duty, U.S. military, $25,000. It sounded about right to me. So you're good to go. It all kind of fit in a little box there. But also, and it's funny because you kind of alluded to this, it, it being uh, an offline thing that happens to then become an online strategy for this user-generated content. Um, and, and we kind of further into the episode, we started to talk about, he briefly mentioned like theme parks. And there was this thing that always came back to my head as we started to talk through these different pieces was like you, you as a company – uh, you as the marketer or whoever's in charge, you really have to get specific 
to giving them, and when I say them, the public in general, the opportunity to embrace that moment. Like, let's just mm-hmm. go to theme parks. I, I live close to Carowinds, South Carolina, North Carolina border, and they always have these places set up that they want you to take pictures, um, and it's for a specific reason. Like, it's it's you're going to take that picture, you're going to share it, you're going to tag, um, and so they're just kind of softly doing that. He mentioned a couple other Captain Killing It and even the pirate section where it, it might not be a theme park. It might not be a location that you go to, but it comes to you via the mail or something like that. But having verbiage or having a call to action or a step that you take as a business or give them, allow mm-hmm. them to leverage as a business, that kept coming back to me as like a very powerful point. Um, But then also, and I guess it's because I was thinking micro, 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 but that ties back to that he, in his own business growth, Remington, um, started to grow faster and more when he realized the power of micro or how most people say it is niche or niche uh, into what they were doing. And so I know that's something that we haven't talked a lot about um, or maybe even haven't done an entire episode. And I wonder if there's somebody out there that like could talk about an entire episode about being niche, like the importance of it and how to leverage it and things like that. I don't know, but yeah. Yeah. I, so going off of that, you know, he talked about his two main milestones was the first one was hiring a first employee. Right. Um, and he, it's funny cause I can relate. He was like, Oh, that poor girl. I forget what her <laughs> name was, but we, we had the exact, we had a similar experience. So we got started in 2007 and then Dorian was our first hire and poor guy. Like, I feel like we did a lot for him, but it was a very similar scenario. And that was a really, I think you learn more about yourself when you hire someone mm. than you learn about, um, actually hiring someone. Right. In the, with the first one, you know what I mean? But um, I thought that was cool. But the second milestone where he talked about going niche, um, I thought that was interesting because I think, one, companies are scared too. Um, but two, what he did is he started listening to where he was getting the most results or creating the biggest impact. And I think that a lot of times companies may um, talk – like they start off wide. You know, I remember when Rachel and I started the company, we were doing signs and banners and all sorts of crazy stuff. And um, and websites are really more of an afterthought. We went more niche to a certain segment of business rather than um, a certain industry. So I think there's a lot of different ways you could go niche. Uh, but the idea of starting that flashlight wide and then really starting to refine it down year over year makes – is where the profit is. And it seems like Tyler's on, on the right track there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Well, he's, first of all, he's super smart. And by the way, like I, at some point in time, I hope I get the opportunity to go to the event that they put on because he talked about that a little bit as well. Um, and, and that sounds super cool. Hey, anytime I can get out to Cali is, yo, I'm happy. California is awesome. Um, you know, it's funny. We quickly moved into charting the course, um, and it's it's funny because, A, we got a second author. Uh, this time we don't have to look him up because um, Tyler mentioned Jay Bear and Talk Triggers. And if you haven't checked out that book, which, by the way, I'm saying I haven't yet either. I need to go ahead and download and listen to that bad boy. 
Although I already have all my books scheduled out for the entire year, so that's weird. <laughs> like I know that it's a year away that I'll actually put that one in unless I take one out. But I digress again. By the way, do you have a strategy to read a book a month, two books a month? Like anyway, that's that's a key for growth. But Jay Bear talk triggers uh, and actually paying attention to how to get people to talk about you as a company. That's very interesting to me. What, when we look at the charting the course section, like what were some of the things that you pulled out? Because I'm curious as another agency, if your mind was going to, how can we do that as uh, impulse creative or, or was it more of how can we leverage some of this for our clients or was it maybe even both going on at the same time? I'm always curious about how your brain works as we do these yeah. interviews. Yeah, so so it's definitely both. So we've got a couple, you know, travel related clients that um, we are using user generated content. Courtney does that um, really well on behalf of our clients. Uh, but where where I thought where I thought that it was neat is I don't believe that the offline side has been really talked about or done. So I think for our company, there's a huge opportunity there. But Thinking about user-generated content all the way through to reviews from a B2B specifically side is one of those areas where I think as an agency we could be better. I think most companies could be of actually having reviews and testimonials mm. as a part of their strategy. You know, um, And he brought up some really compelling points. I mean he was talking about like 80%, 80 to 91%. He's very specific and broad yeah. at the same time yeah, as some yeah, of these, yeah. but like trust recommendations from family, right? Um, or, you know, 85% of users see more confidence in user generated content versus company created content. So I think there's some compelling use cases for that, um, for both agency life and also for, you know, bringing people on, but you could even take this to hiring, you know, like if you have a hiring push, Getting people to say how much they enjoy working for your your company or your agency could be really big. Yeah. So there's part of this, and I know you have more notes in this section, but there's part of this for yeah. me that um, I started to have an internal battle at about this portion of the interview because for me, I was like, oh, user-generated content, it's, of course, a B2C like, strategy. Um, you know, theme park, business to consumer, uh, meat distributor, business again to consumer. Uh, like it's just – that's the hotels, business, consumer. I almost wonder if we could do an entire episode because we alluded to that we just scratched the service. If we could do an entire episode that was specific to B2B and how they would use user-generated content because you have to think – Although I get it, I get it, don't send me hate mail. It's a human being inside of another company that would be creating that content so they are pseudo a customer or a, 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 a consumer. But my point right. is like, um, you know, uh, in, well, that's a bad example too because I was going to say impulse creative to like Apple. But anyway, but see how difficult it is to come up with like a uh, manufacturing to spring creator like – Sure. Like how how are you gonna maneuver that? So so I'm interested. Like, do you think this is only a B two C play, or do you think that B two B can play in user generated content? Yeah, I think I think that they can. But when you think about sales cycles, right? So you go you go down to Carowinds, 
um, you enjoy yourself and for an evening, you take a few photos and that's your experience. You leave, right? So the feedback loop of you being able to share that info or show you're happy or excited is pretty quick. I think that, you know, when you start thinking about B2B, I mean, sales cycles for B2B are longer. So I would assume that the confidence cycle or the excitement cycle is very similar too. And if we're talking about the customer journey rather than the buyer's journey, but there's got to be, you know, if we go back to Joey Coleman, uh, the Joey Coleman episode where he talks about the first 100 days, I'm sure that there is a time in that phase that if you're doing your job well, that there are great times to ask. So I think there's a lot of areas that you could unpack UGC or user generated content for B2B. But I'll tell you who does it really well is HubSpot, right? Like HubSpot. Oh, think it, oh yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, and then you take that into groups like the partner program. That's technically every single blog we post about HubSpot, every single <coughs> Sprocket talk that we do is user generated content for them. If you think about it. So, oh, it, so I think that it's just a matter of really thinking about how that fits into the cycle and then figuring out the best times to ask the question. Hmm. Mm, mm, mm. Anyway, I know you got notes on there, and I think it was super important to mention that it is about trust, uh, influence, like the fact that – listen, if one of my friends says that they have been at a place and I should go to that place, I am definitely more likely to go do that. And so like if you're a business and you watched or listened to the last episode and you're still on the fence – you shouldn't be on the fence. Like this is just something that you should figure out how to implement, get the strategy in place. Um, there was also like mentioned about hashtags. Like that was <laughs> he breezed over that real quick. But I know um, you started to type like fiercely when that came through. Right. Like what what were you thinking as far as that goes? Yeah. So I think that hashtags are easy to search and identify. You know, but not necessarily the mentions are being used. And so when he started, when Tyler started talking about the fact that people are like location based rather than tagging your actual company in uh, on Instagram. Right. Like that kind of content and that kind of information is a goldmine. One of just understanding how your consumers are using, you know, utilizing your service if you are B2C. But then two is one of those areas where you might not be getting tagged because they they don't care about tagging you. They care about sharing their experience. It's Mm. not about, it's, it's not about you, you know? And I think that that was a big thing, but, but when, when you ask someone about what the, if they have a user generated content um, strategy, like I've come across some people that say they do, and it's very much reliant on hashtags from the get go, like tag this to show us that you love us. And, um, you know, I think that, going wider than that is a really big piece. And then, and then to dig deeper into that is the call to action for it has to be before the internet. So to your point, the photo stops at Carowinds or, um, uh, a great example immediately came to mind for, for me was, um, Domino's pizza, Mm. right? Like, like their box is practically a social network by itself. Like they tell a story, they've got like, how you should hold the pizza to take a picture of it. Like there's instructions on the box. And I think that that kind of, that's, that's something that's really compelling. And then even some of these fast food restaurants literally have it. We just made a trip from Georgia. So there's a lot of fast food on that trip, but they literally in the back of the fry holder, you know, they have tweet this, 
mm. and stuff like that. So, so a lot of those calls to action could be much more, you know, much more driven by hashtag, but but can't be relied on the success of it just because of that hashtag. Yeah, is where I was going. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And sometimes I wonder if the hashtags get too specific. Like, so for instance, if you hashtag uh, "I love my fries, Mickey D's," like. There's going to be a limited amount of people who, uh, which, by the way, I, I'm actually more of a fan of Chicky Pete's fries. Just throwing that out there. But, <laughs> um, but if you have that hashtag, like, there's only specific people who are really, really like love the brand that are going to ever go search that or find it. Where you know, if it's uh, hashtag Fries Boston or hashtag you know Montana Fries or just hashtag Montana or hashtag Wyoming. Like now you're opening up that user-generated content to an even bigger audience. So I, th- I think companies maybe think about their hashtag game a little bit and how they would play that. I know I always say specificity, specificity wins the day, but in this case, maybe it's being specific and also giving a, a secondary uh, place that you would maybe want that to be shared. And then remember, because by the way, we mentioned Instagram. We mentioned Instagram. Like hashtags work on YouTube, hashtags work on Facebook, hashtags right. work on Twitter. So you don't have to just do user-generated content on Instagram. And during this interview, it almost felt like we were talking about user-generated content on Instagram for business growth. So just yeah. know that the other platforms are out there too. Um, it's just somehow that that's what we always kind of brought back as as an example Um, because most of us were also probably only thinking about photos until Tyler said, by the way, the guy bar wanted him to share videos on YouTube. Uh, and so, right. right, So you have to open up your mind to the possibilities of channels, hashtags, uh, and different things than just photo, um, to your like reviews and testimonials could be an additional thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, and, and I think that that's where, that's where he mentioned a couple times, like digging in and actually thinking about where they are. And I thought he was going where they are, like social network, which makes sense to your point there. But also where they are in their journey brought me back to that Joey Coleman chat was like, where are they in the journey? How excited are they? When are they when are they at the moment of peak delight? And let's make sure there's a call to action there, mm. you know, and kind of pulling it through. But um, it was it was very interesting. And I think that. You know, the key takeaway is if you are a B2C company, like we want to make sure that um, you're paying attention at that peak moment and putting a CTA there, but realizing that that might not have anything to do with digital in order to get it on digital. And then if you're a B2B company, reinforcing and, and kind of designing where you think those key points are. Um, you know, and that Joey Coleman episode might be a great way to map that out too. Yeah, definitely. It's funny. We come back to that Joey Coleman episode all the time. Like there's so much in there. Uh, you know, we gotta I, get actually, him back. I just, yeah, we do need to have him back cause it was, it was great. Um, there's multiple people that we should have back. You know, it's yeah. funny. I just actually had an idea. I don't know if Carowinds will ever listen to this, but they should have a photo opportunity outside of the, the theme park. When, and maybe this is every theme park. That when you're leaving the theme park and it's a photo opportunity for dads only that should say something like hashtag dad made it, right? He, he got there. He made it through the entire day. Like because that's funny 
And dads are like, oh, God, are we – well, some dads. Maybe just this dad. I don't know. <laughs> are like, oh, are we ever going to leave? Like are we going to – do we have to be here for every single minute that this place is open? Is this just me? I don't know. Hit me up no. on the social. Dads are the caboose. Yeah, yeah. Dads are – right. So, so hit me up if you're also like in the theme park going, ah. But hashtag dad made it. It should be on the exit. It should be a photo <laughs> opportunity. I'm telling you, it would go viral theme parks. We quickly then got into tools, Remington, and man, you can tell Tyler knew his tools. Like he was just ripping them off, tint, tack, hyper, ground signal, candid, pixely. Um, I immediately was like, okay, that's a piece of content waiting to happen. Like, because I had, I'm not new to this game, aka the internet, uh, aka <laughs> human beings, um, and I have not heard of any of those before any of them. and and so i i immediately went into wow talk about being able to educate at least our clients and probably other people in our community around those specific tools um so i know i want to dig into that but when you started to hear the tools what were your thoughts yeah so uh similar similar expression like i wrote them down real quick because i was sitting there just pining, waiting for those to actually come. Because as he starts talking about some of the ideas earlier, um, you know, and the legal permission was one of the big things, which we'll get into in a minute um, during the Bermuda Triangle. But the as we're going through and we're looking at all these details, I was I was like, well, holy crap, there's a lot. And then starting to go and well, like, why isn't Hootsuite on this list? Right. And this goes to this goes to that mindset shift of are we doing a social listening or even HubSpot for that matter, social listening to what is the difference between a UGC tool and a social listening tool? And it really comes down to some of the other things he talked about, which is managing and tracking the request for permission. And um, and that was that was kind of a big eye opener for me was I didn't. like we go through and ask for permission and we keep track of it, but it literally spreadsheets, Yeah, you know, yeah. and, and links to um, links to posts. So when we start going through that way, um, that's just one of those things that I never really considered. And it just proves that he's, he's all in yeah. um, with UGC. And of course his company with, uh, that they started up was TAC. Yeah. And I looked at that and it looks, it looks really compelling. And he mentioned something about it downloading automatically to a library if if you get approval. Like, right? That just sounds magical. Yeah, <laughs> without a doubt. And, and it's funny because, like, by the way, I think you might have just uncovered another pirate. The fact that a company as tech savvy as us using spreadsheets to keep track of any type of data or approval is kind of mind boggling. But I know if we are. There are plenty others uh, that are doing that. Um, you know, yeah, the whole library thing, and I think I really tuned into that because I've also been having this other really crazy idea around content and being able to easily help sales teams share content. And, of course, it ties into a HubSpot tool, totally different show. Check out Sprocket Talk if you want to learn more about that because I am going to start to talk about it. But, like, giving your team, your entire company – the ability to do those things in which they need to do on the internet today to be more human, 
and to gain more trust and to build that loyalty is going to be a key factor in your growth and your success moving forward. It's just that simple. Yeah. Now, you, you wrote something down and I was like – and I almost wanted to stop the interview at that point and ask you, but I knew we'd have this section. You yeah. wrote down the concept of using UGC in other areas of the marketing. Like what? Yeah, so when we talk about user-generated content, we're thinking about like retweeting or like quoting a tweet or showing a photo and stuff like that. And and if you're formally asking for legal basis to use use that content, you have permission to use that on anything. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? And so so he was talking about uh, with the was it the meat guy? Yeah, he was talking about with the meat, um, the meat example, the ma- the mail your meat. What is it? Meat, the meat box. Ooh. No, butcher box. There you go. Butcher box. Um, <laughs> My goodness. He was. <laughs> so he was talking about in um, you know the butcher box that that the top the content was performing better that was more authentic than the fully scripted, and we've we've had similar conversations about that. Like with video, like yeah. you don't have to have a fully produced like, like let me go get my makeup before I get on camera um, video done. Like sometimes the just, sometimes just two guys getting on some webcams and having a chat are going to be more effective. Yeah. Um, so when I started thinking about this, is okay. So let's take internet out of this user generated content for a second. Now where where can we go? You know what I mean? And if we're driving and making that movement to the other areas, like that could be on pocket folders, that could be on brochures and pamphlets. Heck, that could be on billboards if you can get high enough quality. So like you, as you're using these photos and this information, then, you know, it, that's a that's an area that I think can really kind of widen and open up. Not to mention using that to create more user-generated content by showing people what they've shared. Yeah, it's it's funny because my mind is going around and thinking about this, and it's funny because even I like because I'm going back to a conversation I started a little earlier about user-generated content uh, and and it being B to C. Like even if it was B to C, like so for instance, let's go back to theme parks. And I like that Tyler said that that was easy because it kind of is easy. Like you could have a picture that I took and it could be me and my wife and kids. You could totally use that picture if it was good enough uh, like for a business presentation to get businesses to come and uh, book picnics at, at the theme park, right? And so now it does become a business-to-business type thing, even though it was a business-to-consumer piece of user-generated content, which is a mouthful in itself. But the thing that I really loved in this section was when we – and I said this is maybe like a hidden gem of what we talked about. We, st- we t- started talking about saving ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 in photo shoots, and then um, Tyler immediately spun into, yeah, or not using – he didn't say it in these words. I'm saying it in these words because this is how I heard it. Not using crappy or might I say poopy stock photography uh, for your social posts and your website and your presentations. But having real humans doing real things with your real products and services or events or places hands down is amazing. Yeah. 
that was and that was great and like we talked about we talk about that when we're doing website designs all the time like bringing the human element in but again never really thought about using content like imagine a background image of people enjoying you know a ride or something like that like i've never really personally never really thought about that concept of using a user generated content most of the time it's on the social side or you know and that kind of thing so um, no, really, really cool, compelling concepts. And the idea of keeping that as a library of approved content is a whole nother shebang, which we can get into another time. Yeah, without a doubt. So obviously this episode, like the episode and the episodes before the episodes before those episodes are brought to you <laughs> by the Ampolis Creative Marketing Video and Sales Audit. If you want to get 100% or 99.9% of the ROI that you may not be achieving of the 22% that you thought you had yesterday, don't do the math. It doesn't make any sense. Anyway, contact us because we love doing the audits. We love helping you. Simply hit us up. We're here for you. Remington, the Bermuda Triangle. I always love making the joke about you being from there, and it's fun, and it it whatever. does. It's the gift that keeps on giving. It just keeps on giving. It's almost yeah. like the dock of mediocrity. Like that's just never going to go away, that in the Bermuda right. Triangle. Um, it's funny, though. I'm going to go backwards into this one because for me – I always find it funny how people um, – the pirate question always sends people for like this mental brain, I don't know, split or explosion. Yeah. Like they – it just – I love what that question does because it was funny. Immediately he's like, well, the good pirate. And well, then I said, well, good or bad. And then he's like, oh, well, shoot, let's do the bad. And then we'll do the good. And, like, it was just fun to watch that and see how that went through. Yeah. But, um, man, I'll tell you, the, the, for me, I was surprised that the conversation in the pirate section didn't boil down to a little bit of fear. Um, because if, like, some of the content – like, because this whole, this whole episode – uh, which, by the way, it must be hit Mike's episodes because Tyler hit his. I just hit mine. I don't even know what's going on. But, um, but like the whole interview was painted as in all the UGC content that comes through your desk is going to be amazing. And the sun's going to be right and people are going to be wearing the right things and they're going to have the perfect smiles. But there has to be 10,000 pounds of crap that you probably will sift through to get those gems. Um, or if you're paying attention to the user generated content, not all of it is going to be how much we love you. Like you're probably going to have to see a lot of your haters to get to the people who love you, which by the way, another J bear book, since we're mentioning him on episodes, hug your haters. So now we got J bear, hug your haters and talk triggers that you may want to pay attention to for your business. By the way, Jay's not paying us. Maybe he should. I should tag Jay. <laughs> Maybe he'll be a sponsor. Convince and convert. Sponsored by Convince and Convert. No, it's not. It's really not. I'm just kidding. What did Another you example of user-generated yeah. content <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. for B2B. There you go. So, <laughs> so there you go. That's it. So what were your thoughts when we journeyed down into the land of the Bermudas, which isn't even a thing? What were your thoughts? So, so – the concept of doing everything manually uh, can be a big time suck. Again, similar to the apps, I didn't know that there are apps for that. Um, I just didn't know. There's so, an app for yes, 
Yeah, so there, you know, it is a time suck, um, but the, you know, the return on effort is there. So if you can automate that process, that return on effort, I think, is pretty incredible. Um, ways to filter out that content, obviously, would be even more. We're thinking about like everything is gravy, but you know, how do you filter through and find the images and the criterias and the things that you that you want? Um, the big one for me was um, figuring out what a realistic ask for the customer is. He kind of like let that one in there and then just moved on. But that was a huge that's a, that's a huge thing that we could unpack for hours is like throughout the entire engagement. When is that a realistic ask and what should that ask be at any given time? And should we start out with asking for a selfie and then finish with asking for an entire video? Mm. Like, you know, there's there's so many different opportunities for that. And where should we incentivize further versus not? I, I think that thinking about that customer journey from their point of view and figuring out when that the ask is the most realistic is probably one of the things that is the biggest underutilized piece out of this whole concept of user-generated content is, one, just expecting it to show up, and then, two, actually having a strategy behind when you ask. Yeah, that's, um, that's super interesting Like because – if you can get somebody to just take a selfie or a picture of their family, cool, get it. But if you really need something and it's like get a free cinnamon roll or uh, win a fast pass, now now you've upped the stakes a little. That's that's really that's very interesting. I, I, so that's interesting. Yeah, we could do a whole thing yeah. on that. Whole thing on that. So then. Then we went into, he said, don't steal the content, just screenshot it and capture it. And he mentioned that he got tagged in the story that he got, uh, he just got simply tagged by a place that he had gone to like years later. Yeah, four years, Um, a hotel, four years. So he brushed it off. He's like, oh, I'm in the industry. Like, I get it. Ha ha. But, but he also brought it up. Right. And so that you think about customer delight, how does that make them feel that you didn't ask in the first place? Mm. So, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, multiple there's, a things. Whole, there's multiple things yeah. right there. Right. So, yeah. first of all, uh, four years ago, I might have been heavier. Uh, four years <laughs> ago, I might have been popping bottles. Uh, four years ago, I might have uh, not supposed to have been there because. Uh, you know, I would, whoosh, geez, the stories that like, yeah. yeah, you just don't do that because all of a sudden somebody's like, Hey, I thought you were in, uh, not that this was Tyler, but I thought you were in Las Vegas. How come there's this picture of you four years ago in like Sheboygan? Like, uh oh, <laughs> what just happened there? Yeah. Like, yeah, no. Yeah. So I think, I think asking for permission is like big thing and you know we stress that really heavily at impulse but the but to take that further and to understand that it is technically stealing it if you're getting value out of it and the person who created it isn't suddenly now changes the perspective on you retweeting something yeah. <laughs> or yeah. or sharing sharing with a comment you know and that kind of thing so it's very interesting um don't really have an answer to that um but the the pirate going into like don't even just use and tag was the big thing because i when he said steal the content 
I'm thinking screenshot it and use it somewhere without permission. But he literally brought that even further. Like, don't just share it and copy it and be like, oh, be like, be like Tyler. Enjoy yourself here. Um, that that was an interesting perspective. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's it was it's really good stuff. Really good stuff. Yeah. I would go back, by the way, just to kind of round off that uh, whole Bermuda section. Go back and listen to the the butcher box story. Because there's a lot of also micro nuggets in there about strategy and implementing and verbiage and stuff like that. You know, if you like these shenanigans, like the Sheboygan shenanigan that you just saw a couple minutes ago, you should definitely go and sign up for our newsletter. There's plenty of email shenanigans happening on there, but only if you sign up. Did I say you should sign up? Well, go sign up then. Anyway, Captain Killing It, you know I love... The Captain Killing It section. <laughs> See, I was juking people out there for a second. Um, you know, it's funny because Tyler didn't want to list himself. I mean, he did. He really did want to list himself. And by the way, by not listing himself, he almost did list himself because people were like, oh, so he must be killing it. So for this week's Captain Killing It, we're just going to say it's Tyler Anderson. You should go check out Casual Fridays. Go check out their team and see what they're doing, see how they're playing with it. And really what I just want you to do is pay attention to like just this idea, topic in general. And, and I've never done this before, but at the end of last episode, we gave you the way to connect with Tyler. You should probably have a conversation with Tyler. He's a really smart dude. You should dive into this and learn more. He's this week's Captain Killing It. You sense. stole my Captain Killing It. Hey, you can go ahead and do it again if you want. Yeah. Well, we're going <laughs> to – I wrote a comment. Anyways, no. Um, so, so yes, Tyler, Tyler totally can be a Captain Killing It. He's doing a good job. But one of the – as we start thinking about user-generated content, all the different ways that it goes um, – one of the things that I – so I w recently went to Universal Studios because my wife wanted to go to Harry Potter Land World. Sorry. she I was the caboose. She was very much excited. Talk about user-generated content. I mean Harry Potter is pretty cool. I will say No, that. It, absolutely. But like Rachel recite – Rachel could recite the movie without the movie on. Like she's got it, right? Really? And – yeah, I, didn't I know, know that it was she like tall order. She's, she's serious. Like, she's a serious Harry Potter fanatic. I, I didn't um, know she had the superpower. So, so I'm walking around, you know, Universal, and I'm sure you do the same thing. You're like, wow, that was a really good marketing idea. Like, I can't believe they, these guys are killing it. I know that's like usually what the caboose in the back does. They like watch and marvel at all the different things. Um, Universal. Universal Studios and Harry Potter Land specifically did something really magical. They have you where you can come in and you can buy these interactive wands. You can, so you can be like Harry Potter and, you know, and you can you can do um, spells with the wands and in different areas throughout the Harry Potter world, things move. So like you could you could you know, wave the wand and it'll start raining under an umbrella. Or you can wave a wand and a feather will move in a bookcase. Or like all throughout the entire the entire theme park. So think about this from a user generation user generated content point of view. Right? Suddenly now you're walking through and you're watching random 
normal human beings waving wands and making things move throughout the entire experience, you're like, what the heck is that? Like, talk about user-generated content because otherwise they would have had to hire people to do all of that. And what they did instead is they turned it into not only user-generated, but someone actually bought that wand in order to do that thing. Um, it was it was really incredible. Like, it, it totally reinforced the craziness because you're walking by and suddenly all of a sudden – like a book flies across like a bookcase and you're like, what just happened? Like there's some serious stuff there. And that's like the epitome of taking user generated content off of the online and bringing it into real life. They did. You know, it's just crazy. Now, now my only question of that is, does every wand do everything or is it yeah. only certain wands do certain things? Cause everyone does everything oh. and you have a map to figure it out. Oh, like gotcha. it's a game gotcha. oh, for okay. the person with the wand and yet it's experience so, for everyone else watching. So not only is it user-generated content, but they've also turned it into gamification. Yeah. So two two great marketing strategies side-by-side side in perfect harmony, almost like yeah. ebony and ivory keyboards. Pianos. I'll send you videos. Yeah, I'll have to watch we it. We have lots. It's, uh, you've got some user-generated content that I can watch? Yeah, didn't share it. But see, but you're about to, and then I'm yeah. gonna want to go, and I'm there. I'm gonna buy a wand. I'm gonna have to buy a ticket to get in there, and so it'll yep. work. It'll work because you know it always works. User generated content. I don't know if it always works. Any any last any last pieces here that you want to make sure we leave people with? You know, my biggest thing is if you're not doing it, do it. Um, figure out the strategy. Figure out one of the tools that would work best for your company so that you can make it move quickly and not be bogged down. Um, my biggest thing besides that is wanting to do another episode and really figure out the specifics in which where we would want to take it um, because there's, I do feel, it's funny because you're just like, ah, oh, I feel like we scratched the surface. I do feel like there's a whole other world, like, that we could talk about on, on this topic than what we did in last episode. Yeah, maybe we, um, we get Tyler back in a while for, uh, for B2B. Yeah, 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 yeah. That sounds good to me. Or, or if anyone else knows people who are absolutely killing it with user-generated content strategy, um, bring them on. Especially if they're doing things that are awesome with B2B. Hit us up on Twitter, on LinkedIn, on wherever you hit us up and uh, let us know. And let's try and get them on the show too. All right. Well, Remington, again, it flew by, but it's time to say goodbye. If you're listening to this on iTunes, then leave a rating and review. I won't smash them this time. I did the last episode. Go back and listen. Rewind it a couple times. It's pretty slick. If you're watching this on YouTube, hit the bells and likes and subscribes. All the things so we know that you're part of the community. And until next time, we hope that you leave the dock of mediocrity and set sail to the sunset of your success. <laughs>